Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. I'm Karen Tsuk and today I will speak with Megan McNeely. Megan is a Senior Vice President and Wealth Management Advisor at one of the largest financial firms in the world. She serves senior corporate executives. She's motivated by a burnout-induced health experience that we will hear about it in the podcast. Her first book, Reinvent the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Wellbeing for Success, landed on the Forbes Top 20 Must Read of 2019 and won a 2020 Axiom Business Book Award. So it's going to be really interesting. So stay with us. Megan, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for joining. Oh, you, thank you. You wrote a book, uh, Reinvent the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Wellbeing to Success. And it's really crucial nowadays. You know, I also read in Gallup that it's the main things that are going to put emphasis on. So I would really love to hear your path and your story. How did you get to this point to write a book about it? I, I get that question a lot. People want to know, um, for somebody who is a wealth management advisor and deeply in finance, how did you write a best-selling book on leadership and well-being? That seems completely uh, unusual and out of left field. It is a passion project for me. What I did, it first started with my own journey. I was a rising star um, and still you know, am at the exact same firm, uh, extremely successful, was in my rising moments, like seven years into my, into my career, I was speaking all over the United States on success, on um, ways to be of service to clients for my peers. Um, I was receiving new titles. I had awards on the wall. Behind the scenes, though, my health started to take a turn. I had had two daughters. They were two and four. And my my health just started to break down. Like, I just couldn't do it all. I am one of those people. It's a very high achiever. I want to always do my best. I want to bring my best to everything, whether it's being a mom, you know, whether it's me jogging this afternoon, whether it's being a friend or, you know, for my financial career. And I was trying to do so much. And I just noticed my health started to break down for, for multiple reasons. And the first di- diagnosis I had was severe, well, moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis. Um, within a few years, I was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. And then soon after that, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. So to say that my health uh, rece- you know, got my attention would be an understatement. Um, though that cascade of what I call just absolutely horrid uh, health momentum, you know, headed downward, caused me to create a hero's journey behind the scenes to revamp my health. I, I theoretically was like a car broken down on the side of the road, and I really needed to make some drastic changes. So behind the scenes, I started a well-being project. Um, I figured I know how to do a project. I'm well educated. I wanted to. I, I'm one of those people that 
knows how to execute something. I try to do my best with things. And I created what's called, I, I ended up calling a well-being wheel. It was the literal opposite of everything I was doing. I figured, why not do, just look, take a look at what I'm actually doing, be truthful. And since I am going down such a terrible health path, what if I just took everything I was doing and just did the absolute opposite? So for instance, I never used to drink water. I used to drink Diet Coke and coffee. I figured the absolute opposite is to start drinking, you know, start drinking water. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I'd stay up super late. Um, I felt like I didn't deserve to go to bed because I was so busy. I figured the absolute opposite would be to start going to bed at nine o'clock, you know, so just back and forth. What am I doing? What would be the opposite? I ended up creating this visual. It, it's called a well-being wheel. I'm sure you'll link for your listeners. You know, there's a free picture of it on my website, um, which is my name, MeganMcNeely.com. But that, that's how it started. I started with myself and realized that burnout, as you mentioned in our opening, is an unbelievable problem with leadership in uh, the business world. Burnout is so prevalent. And you know, I took a real body, mind, and spirit approach. And I think that's why it resonated. There's very few people that are embedded in corporate situations that are willing to speak out and say, hey, I see burnout all around me. What can we do to maintain excellence at work? and be well behind the scenes. So my big message is you can do well and be well. I wanted to ask you, I saw in the beginning of your book, you wrote there, what do you prefer doing well or being well? And I wanted to ask you, can't you do both of them? And how can you do both of them? Because we're really in, a, in the midst of the coronavirus and people are working remotely. And I think they're getting Zoom fatigue and burnout even more. So what is your advice? How we can integrate also doing well and also feeling well? Right. Um, I think it's got, as you mentioned, I think it's gotten even harder because there's a blurred line between, I don't know about you, I, I feel like I'm working more than ever because I'm, I don't have to do that commute anymore. And so I'm literally in my, this is my office <laughs> right here. And it's a step away from over there in my kitchen where I got my coffee and spoke to my daughters this morning. So there's so many of us who, uh, I mean, at the moment, and, you know, of course, this is going to be a timeless conversation, but for many reasons, people who are, I'm a single parent, you know, balancing that has been more difficult with uh, kids remotely learning in California. At the moment, we, uh, I have everybody's in remote school. So I have children underfoot while I'm trying to conduct business, which, you know, what the, what the issue is, Karen, is that there's just layers of stress on top of, you know, each of us, it almost feels, I always say like, like there's an anchor on my foot. I'm trying so hard to do an amazing job and to serve clients. And then there's this, and this could be anything it could for your listeners. It could be an impending divorce a terrible relationship, a friend who really needs you right now at the worst possible time. It could be an ailing parent who's uh, suffering. It could be your own, you know, mental well-being. The other day, I um, you know, went to bed at eight. <laughs> but, oh my God, it is literally eight o'clock, but I, I absolutely am so tired. I need to do this for myself. Just shut down, basically. You asked, what can we do? We need to get through this. This being whatever your listener is listening to, it, what this is for them. And it's not that much different. I mean, it is, a, you know, an unbelievable, we're in a global pandemic and there's multiple layers, political discord, et cetera. 
but this could be any, you know, we will have whatever, you know, the, the challenges in my case, my, this was a horrible health situation. Mm -hmm. Um, what we need to do is behind the scenes, take charge. So what I really focus on is how to help executives, entrepreneurs, business leaders behind the scenes, get ready for this. Mm-hmm. So I believe that there's very uh, small steps that when added up can make a massive difference. So I'll just give you an example. Breakfast. If somebody starts the day with just simply coffee and no nutrition and you know proceeds to do that, they will actually not be leveraged as much as they could be eating something that would be the perfect fit for them. Now, everybody's totally different. I have one daughter that just doesn't feel like eating uh, a morning breakfast. The other one is starving at 6 a.m. Everyone's different. So I never, I'm not a doctor. I never prescribe, you know, but you know, my wheel is related to 18 steps, 18 action items uh-huh. um, that could possibly help someone behind the scenes. So I recommend people just literally pick one of them to help them to, you know, to use it as leverage. So fuel for your body is one thing. Sleep, the ability to relax, I have found really challenging in this moment. Like, how can I possibly relax? When I'm trying to handle, you know, teenagers doing online courses, I'm trying to make sure I do a phenomenal job in my wealth management business, you know, just kind of keep all these balls rolling. There could be workers here. You know, we had an issue. My furnace died last week. It was making this horrible clattering noise. So you can imagine trying to host calls like this or, you know, to be professional, that's very difficult. You know, it's, it's this that we're talking about. How do you... What I'm interested in is teaching leaders how to build resilience resiliency behind the scenes. It could be taking even like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking, let's just start, like, let's assume we're at the bottom, Karen, and let's just try something small. Like after this conversation, maybe I'll just spend one minute breathing deeply, you know, and what I've been trying to do, and, you know, this is all about mindful leadership is being completely present with the person I'm with. So what I did before showing up here is I made sure on my desk, I had my microphone properly here, my cords all there. I had to, you saw me, you know, I had to plug them in properly and get grounded. But, you know, just, you know, I said to you even before this call, let me just get grounded for a second so that I can be fully present. And I, cause I'm in a mode of service. And I think a lot of people who are listening to this are, and I know you are as well. That's why you have this amazing work that you're doing for us to be in a moment of service. We have to ready ourselves for whatever the moments are, whether it's five meetings today, that's what I'm trying to do, you know? So in my coffee this morning, I've got hemp milk you know, it's such an, it didn't take me any more time than adding some junk addition, but at least it's got a little protein and it's a little healthier for me. I've got a green tea that I'm going to, you know, make after this. And, you know, I mean, there's things that don't take any more time. It just is about being a little bit more mindful so that you can leverage those little details to bring yourself to your best and to um, bring more power to what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yes, perfect. I really believe in it because I think you're talking about the small habits that we have that doesn't serve us anymore and we need to really be mindful to them and to see how we change them each time a little bit. We don't need to have a bigger change, but we need to start with small things like 
pausing for five minutes, changing the Diet Coke to water. That's great. Exactly. Because I'm curious for you, like, is there any um, habit that you've found within the last year that has been a game changer that's not like, you know, a complete overhaul, but something that has been, you know, that you've put in place that's made you a more mindful leader? It's not from the last year, but I meditate in every day. I meditate for 30 minutes in the evening, but I must say that I meditate in much more through the course. Interesting. So why are you meditating more? Because I need it more. As you said, well, more stress. We need to juggle home, work, and provide a lot of things. So the stress is increasing. So I, I feel I need it. You know, in, at the beginning of the lockdown, I woke up in the morning and I felt chunk in my throat. I said, okay, what I'm doing now, I'm going to walk 10 minutes in the nature. So it's not a natural place we are in now. We are in uncertain times. I think it increases the anxiety and stress we all feel. So I think we even need to invest more energy and time in this practices in order to feel more anchored, more grounded, more centered to be as a service to others. But first of all, we need to be as a servant to ourselves, right? Otherwise we can't serve anybody. I could not agree more. And what you're really speaking to is what I would call an offset. So if you're a leader and you're even, you're the CEO of your own life and you have something coming at you, like you just said, I was feeling so much more stress. We have to have an opposite and equal reaction to offset it. So what I heard you say is if it's busyness, if it's something that is encumbering you, the thing that you were finding was absolute silence, Mm -hmm. you know, is it is the opposite. It's like a seesaw that we have to balance it behind what I've been coaching leaders and, and talking about is we have to do what it takes to make that happen. For me, I understand if you have little kids, it is so difficult to do because I've had them myself. Like, how do you find 10 minutes alone? I told my, my daughter to sit with me and meditate for 15 minutes. Exactly. I was so angry. So she said, okay, let's do it because she understood it will be better for both of us. She also meditated a little bit. Good for us. See, that's <laughs> what I've been telling people. I mean, I was backed up against a corner with those chronic illnesses. I was looking in the mirror I was actually looking out the window as well at the UCSF Bacar Cancer Hospital when I was alone up there after my cancer surgery and I could not pick up my kids after school. I could not be in my backyard. I couldn't see my dog. I couldn't be with anyone I loved. It was, and this was in 2016, it was absolutely gut-wrenching for me to realize that if it has to happen, I have to somehow figure out how to become well despite the things that are happening in my life. And I I do think the same thing right now. Of course, I'm not in a health crisis anymore for people listening. I don't have any of those diseases anymore. Thank God. And I was able to heal myself. It took so much work, but it was that commitment, just like you were talking about, hey, it's first awareness. You have an awareness. You said, wow, uh, I'm being overwhelmed by stress right now. The part two is what am I going to do? What small thing can I do? Actually, I think meditating for half an hour is a big thing. Yeah, That's hard for people to find 30 yeah. minutes. Uh, if you can't and you're listening to this, 10 is good. Like 10 is a good start. And then you realize, whoa, the other day, I was feeling so angry. I was, uh, I'm not usually an angry person, but I, I just was a little overwhelmed. Like, oh, you know, so many things are challenging. I went and sat in the sun for 10 minutes and then it turned into an hour. I know a lot of people don't have an hour, but it was the weekend and I wasn't working, but the sun just into my body just felt so good, even though it's the winter and 
it just was such a, you know, we're trying to find for each individual person, what is that reset button? That's you know, for you, it sounds like the meditation does that, right? And nature, I, I can be in nature. And for me, it's a great meditation. So I think also the coronavirus caused us to go out to nature more and to appreciate it. And I think this is the best meditation ever. And I agree with you. We don't, I'm practicing for a long time now, like 20 years, but you know, I really believe this five minutes a day to start with it. It's amazing because you will feel the difference, right? Absolutely. What also I'm hearing a lot of leaders say is this situation where it's caused us to come inward has also launched more hobbies. And I have a whole chapter in the book called Do Spirit Lifting Hobbies. I realized when I was super sick, I had let go of all the things that brought joy to my life because I was working so hard. One of the things for me, I'm a writer. I've always been a writer. (laughs) I always had a journal. Ironically, when I was diagnosed and started to get super, super sick, I realized I hadn't written in years. In fact, there were, you know, I spoke about it in the book. There were six years, like a big gap in my life where I had let go of the thing that made me happy. And so one of the benefits or one of the silver linings I've seen leaders mention about the pandemic, people were doing more puzzles. I mean, I'm not a puzzle person, but hey, that could be very relaxing and, and get your mind off of what's happening. You have to really focus to do a puzzle. I've heard people taking up guitar. You know, one of my daughters was learning Japanese and had this whole journal. She was excited about that. Clearly, I understand taking on a new hobby with multiple layers of stress may not be right for you. But I do believe something that I've heard people say that it's been helpful and people, especially if they're mindful, is really taking a step back is, okay, fine. If I need an offset, what would be something that brings me joy? Mm-hmm. And I love that question. And you know, I'd be curious to hear what you think, Karen, for yourself, because meditation could be something that brings you joy. The way I was trained in meditation is to really be present with my breath. So I wouldn't define that as like, bringing myself joy. That's more like in my, everybody's different, but for me, I'm feeling peace when I do that. And I have a whole chapter on meditation as well, but I'm trying to like also tap into something that would bring a laugh, like exuberance, you know, cause I'm a very passionate person, as you can tell, and just making collages and writing in my journal and filling it with color and, you know, really has made me feel happy. And so I was curious what you thought about that as far as an offset for yourself that, you know, how can we find joy as people who are mindful in this moment? It's interesting because as you start speaking, I wanted to ask you this question. So it was amazing. I find joy in, as I told you, in nature. For me, nature is a lot of joy. So I take my family every week or two weeks to nature to walk. I love hiking. You like hiking. I drag, I drag them hiking and going with friends. I really love being with people. You know, I think all of us working with people are, for me, it's, a, it's accelerating. It makes me energized. So I really like meeting friends and spending time with them. Honestly, I was painting a lot, but like a hobby, but I don't have time lately for it. So I, I, I agree with you. Meditation, it's a practice. It's kind of a training. It's like a cigarette for me. You know, if I don't meditate today, I feel the emptiness. I need it. It's amazing. I'm addicted to it in a positive way. In a positive way. Yeah, it's really important, especially nowadays. But you know, it's like the saying goes that if you don't have time to meditate, if you don't have 10 minutes to find one hour to meditate, right? I like that quote. Yes. And when I was super sick, I heard that quote. I mean, it's from a couple of years ago. I remember thinking there's no way I could find an hour. I mean, I love that they said that and it made me smile. And I thought, yep, that's probably great advice. 
you know, for someone else. Because <laughs> at that time, you know, I was thinking I was so full in on my well-being project. And I do think that going back to what you were saying about nature, I love that because you know that you have an awareness that for you in your customization, there are people who are listening to this, that nature does nothing for them. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's okay. Like actually like the nighttime, nighttime in downtown New York city does something for them. You know, like it brings them like an immense joy. Everybody's so different. But, but what I love about what you just said is, you know, that's right for you and that you intentionally choose it as in, I would say as an offset for me, joy equals passion and equals a smile. It equals like, for me, it's an addiction. I'm committed to living an extraordinary life. What's frustrating about being in a pandemic for me is what used to bring me joy. I can't have. So (laughs) whether it's, you know, traveling all over the world, I can't do that right now. And that was my go-to Mm-hmm. Uh, being at Broadway shows was one of my favorite things to do with my daughters. I was in the British Virgin Islands like a year ago, having so much fun. I, I saw it in it. Facebook. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Not going to happen this year. So so for us, we need to kind of go within again. And this pandemic has forced us to take a hard look. Okay, taking away my toys. Um, now what can I do to bring joy? And it's not the same, to be honest, Karen. Me journaling on my bed with my collage isn't the same as me running on the beach um, somewhere fabulous, but it's okay. You know, what I also think is being a mindful person, you have to admit that it's okay. You know, we're all I always say this all the time when my daughters criticize me, which is not often, but you know, I'm a mom and they're teenagers. Yeah, so I know this little scuffles. I say, and I'll say to everybody listening, we are doing the best we can. This is not an easy time for anyone. There are so many multiple layers of stress, but that's kind of how life is. I mean, there's other things that will come up. Last year, I mean, in 2019, a flood destroyed my entire house. I lived in a hotel for seven months. Well, I had cancer for, you know, I mean, a cancer diagnosis can be gutting. I mean, it's going to be whatever that is. But behind the scenes, what's so neat about building this resilience and this kind of list of strategies for you, it's meditation, it's walking in nature. For the listeners, having that offset, knowing what it is, it's like a lever that can be leveraged. You can use it effectively. For me, my relaxed book has been really important. Since I don't have a commute, I'm actually, and I'm never relaxed. I'm not a relaxed person, as you can see. Um, energy, general, that's I, very, I love it. <laughs> very hard for me to relax. It's hard for me to take a break. It's hard for me to, what I've been doing though, is because I'm home much more, is I, I love hummingbirds. They're my spirit animal. So I sit in the back and I heard this suggestion from Oprah. I put it in my book as well. She likes looking at their bird feeders, I guess. And so I thought this is just great. I put the hummingbird feeders outside and I, so that, cause I'm a doing person. I'm like, I wouldn't just sit there and do nothing. Meditating is something that would be like a checkbox for me. Like, cause I'm one of those people, but you know, just sitting, doing nothing is hard for me. So I put the bird feeders there so I can like, look at the birds and that is super relaxing to me. I found, so all of us are doing our best. It's amazing. Uh, I want to yeah. connect to what you say, because I think today I facilitated a course and it's really 
Amazing to see how judgmental are we to ourselves. Kind of the Western world, you know, we are judgmental. It's not good enough. We're criticizing ourselves. And I think part of being mindful and accepting what you said, it's accepting the situation, accepting ourselves, loving ourselves. I think it's a crucial element for well-being. It doesn't mean I don't need to change and I don't need to grow and nourish myself, but from an acceptance, from appreciation toward ourselves. So it will be much easier. It will be less stressful and less harsh. What do you say about it? Oh, I could not agree more. I think that because the stress level is so high and what we are called to do as you know, business people is to obviously serve whoever our clients are, that's challenging enough in a normal environment mm-hmm. to bring excellence, to be your best. To have behind the scenes anchors <laughs> on your feet, it's not to be believed what so many of the listeners have been through. Mm-hmm. Not to mention fear about like illness or, you know, I mean, there's so many multiple layers for everybody's got their their list of, you know, as my sister would say, difficult things, you know, the backpack of, <laughs> of stress. I think that you almost have to, if you're somebody like me, who's a perfectionist, which I assume a lot of people are, you probably are too, Karen. We have to actually manipulate gratitude for ourselves. We have to manipulate and be very mindful of celebrating what we've been through. I say that all the time. I'm simply doing my best. I'm doing my best. Oh my gosh, look at me. I'm literally doing my best. I just am. Like I'm doing my best right in this moment mm-hmm. for the listeners. I'm so focused on you know what you're saying you're right. We have to give ourselves credit. It's a miracle. I actually, you know, am fully showered and we don't even give ourselves credit for, for everything that's brought us to this moment. Everybody who's listening has had years of strategies. Everybody who's listening to this actually cares about learning, about moving forward, about being their best. That in itself is a miracle. That in itself is a cause for celebration. I'm trying by positive little presence to give myself at um, the holidays. I had these Frango mints, these little mint chocolates. I don't eat hardly any sugar at all, hardly at all. But during the holidays, these mints come out in the United States. They're called Frango mints. I like absolutely love them. They're from my childhood. They remind me of my childhood. And I would like allow myself like to have one or two every night during the holidays. And I'm like this, and I made a big deal out of it. I know it's not a big deal. Eating one, two mints, like big whoop. But I think because, you know, we're in this situation, we have to leverage the little moments like, oh my God, this is like my treat. Uh-huh. You know, my treat has become putting on my PJs, you know, at the end of the evening, like, yes, 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 I did it. I did another day where I gave it my all. And I splurged on some like really soft PJs. I didn't, did I need the super soft PJ. I mean, they're not super expensive or anything, but they're nice. Uh-huh. And, you know, like little manipulations that just call attention, mm-hmm. you know, and I've started to send friends like little memes that are like, you're doing amazing. You're doing such a great job, especially people I don't hear from. It's a small way that I can kind of say the same thing to myself. Yes. It's spreading a positive energy around us, right? So it resonates with ourselves and others. So I think it's amazing. I really like your energy. So I'm sure everybody likes it. I have another question before we wrap up. I read your book and I saw that you interviewed a lot of CEOs and leaders, can you share with us something that resonated within you the most that you remember and you want to to share? Wow. 
there's 18 CEOs that I interviewed in my book, each for a spoke of the wheel. The reason I picked them is I believe they're an icon for that specific spoke, whether it was Rich Fernandez for meditation. Uh, he's the CEO of Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute, which is an offshoot of Google. Or John Mackey, the founder of Whole Foods, um, was in my Eat a Healthy Plant-Based Diet chapter. Or Robin Dunholm, the chairman of Tesla, was in one of the chapters as well. So it's a I, tough question, you know. But. <laughs> it's a tough question because every one of them had so much to offer. I would say in this moment, the one of the chapters that has been very useful to me, and the executive I interviewed was Jen Groover. Um, she's a serial entrepreneur. It was on intuition. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's it's not a normal, you know, response. What I liked about that chapter, which I think has been kind of useful during this situation where we don't know much, what we do have is our intuition. And, you know, it's kind of the overall theme of what we're talking about is we have to kind of sink into ourselves, don't we? Like this moment has, it's taken away our toys, whatever your distraction. If you, I used to go out to dinner all the time and like hang out with my friends you found a way to see your friends on the hiking trail. I love that. Um, that's actually doing two spokes at once, by the way. That's like a power leverage strategy. Like you like nature and you have a friend there. That's like your hobby and the intimacy chapter, which is about connection to other humans, which is so cool. Good for you. No wonder you run this podcast and have such great work. I would say the intuition has been really helpful because I've had to sink into myself and ask, what do I need in this moment? And it may not be the answer that I think like it might be something like, like the other night, go to bed at eight. I've never done that that early. What am I depressed? I'm like, am I depressed? It's like, I'm talking to myself too, (laughs) which I never used to do, but it's all these rhetorical questions. What do I need? You know, what do I need to get through this? What do I need to be better on the other side of it? I like the idea that intuition and, and that chapter is amazing. Jen Groover is so good at that. You know, asking, um, her, her goal is deep inner peace. And um, she's always asking that question, like, how can I get there? And I think that your readers would love that chapter um, because it's so helpful in this moment. But all of, I mean, all of the executives, I look up to them so much. So appreciate their, I'm honored that they allowed me to tell their stories. Many of them, very, very well-known CEOs. So it was amazing. And I agree that everything was interesting. I really also connect to the intuition. I think, you know, it's our anchor and it's a crucial ability that we need to embrace nowadays to have an anchor in the uncertain times and to ask ourselves, okay, what should I do right now? You know, it's interesting in the beginning of the coronavirus, I said, okay, no lectures, no courses, what am I doing tomorrow? So I went to sleep and I asked myself, how can I serve my clients? I don't know what to do. And then I woke up in the morning and I got the answer. It was amazing. And I understood Good for you. Yes, and I have a community, so I understood that I need to open it for everybody and invite everybody to come and, and talk and be together and give them tools to handle this challenging time. So it's a crucial element nowadays that we need to nourish, right? Because the answers are there and then it comes like an insight. And then you get I love it. that strategy that you just said. And uh, I just want to highlight that, that you asked the question, as you went to bed, you didn't know the answer, but right. you just kind of put it out there. You woke up and you had a better sense of what the right path would be. Yeah. If you, if if people take anything away from this podcast, that is a great strategy. Talk about like, it doesn't take any time because if, if you're a mindful leader, that is the leverage of being mindful. 
So you're leveraging it. You're not, you know, oh, wow, it's going to be so much more time. You actually leveraged your time by putting it out there and letting your subconscious work on it overnight. I think that's brilliant. I love it, Karen. Yeah, thank you. I use it a lot. <laughs> so yeah. uh, Megan, before we wrap up, do you have anything that you want to say to our listener? Although you gave them a lot of tips and it was really inspiring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say I am like so excited about my about my book. It's called Reinvent the Wheel. I'm sure it's looking backwards on this video. Um, how top leaders leverage well-being for success. You can learn more about my work um, and all the article. I've written articles for Business Insider, Fast Company, Entrepreneur, UK Telegraph, all within the last year and three months. And that's on MeganMcNeely.com. For people who want to know, it's the new year or, you know, you're reading this right now and you're thinking, that is what I need to do. I need to figure out where I'm at as far as my body, mind, and spirit well-being. I made a free assessment for people. It's on MeganMcNeely.com and slash assessment. And so people can just go in for free, answer some cheeky questions. Of course, I had to make it fun and, you know, so it's not boring. I work with executives, like hard to keep their attention. So it's fun. And then um, you'll have a PDF of all 18 spokes, uh, a printout of the well-being wheel, and you'll be able to look at it and kind of have something real uh, and, and be on your way. So I also welcome anyone to email me and ask me a question. I read all of my own emails. I don't have an assistant do that. It's Megan at MeganMcNeely.com. By all means, I would love to connect with you because that's the only thing that matters to me is impact. Mm-hmm. So this is an absolute passion project. And if I can help people change, that's what I want. You know, I'm not interested in people just, oh, well, you know, move along. If this, you know, doesn't have impact, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, going to be bummed. <laughs> Amazing. And it's really inspiring your journey and the way you bring it to the world. So thank you for being with us. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for being out there and calling attention to being a mindful leader and the impact of it. I am so honored to be here. I loved it. This was Megan McNeely. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. You're invited to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and to subscribe to our podcast in order to know when we upload a new one. Thank you for listening. Until the next episode, take care and bye-bye.